It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. For House of Cars. It's Monday, February 7th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. And I realized that I didn't put the link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes of last episode, so I will be certain to do that this episode. Excellent. You wanted to listen to the songs that we've been listening to. Mm -hmm. How was your weekend, Shauna? It was great. Went snowboarding at Lake Louise, and then a friend of mine had a Christmas in February party because he still has all his Christmas decorations up. Man, might as well enjoy them. But the reason was actually because we were meant to get together around Christmas and then, I don't know, COVID complications, I'm sure. And then he kind of wanted us to to see it all. So we said, okay, we'll make this happen. So we finally did on the weekend. And cool. It was, yeah, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, it was so you? nice here. Oh, um, yeah. We got outside a bit. We'll talk a bit about what we did this weekend, but... Yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic weekend. It was perfect. On the show today, we're going to talk about freezing your eggs. Is Vancouver becoming less soft than us? Oh. Got a blast from the past, how we all used to communicate. Some more retail rock. We have an interview with Canadian snowboarder and Olympic gold medalist Sebastian Touton. Sebastian Touton. Another addition to the Fortune 500 list of local businesses. What's wrong with McKenna's bum? The proper way to pronounce the host city of the Olympics this year. Mm-hmm. And talk about the movie we saw on Friday night. But first... The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was chatting with a friend of mine over the weekend and she was talking about how she hasn't gotten COVID yet. Or, of course, that she knows of. Mm-hmm. And she's a smoker. And then she was telling me that apparently there are some studies out now that show that if you smoke, you don't get COVID as easily. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And she was like, yeah, no, there's some studies that show that there's a disproportionately low amount of smokers that have wound up in the hospital. Yeah, and that kind of goes against everything that we think. As a respiratory thing, it's normally that smokers are at higher risk. Like when, you know, the the air quality is bad or whatever. And they're like, okay, watch out if you have any respiratory or whatever. And smokers are at a higher risk. And that's kind of what I thought. And there's a a family member of mine who is a smoker and has chosen not to get vaccinated. And uh, I said to her, I was like, I wish you would because you're, you're older and you smoke, you'd be high risk. Mm -hmm. Right. According to this, not so much. Of course I looked into it because I was like, that sounds like a bunch of hooey. And there are some studies that have been done and they say this, it all says the same thing that there were a, less amount of people winding up in hospital with COVID, having more severe reactions. I had to look this up because it doesn't even sound like it It could be. It sounds like a ridiculous, but yeah, they they say they don't know why, but they say like the severity of COVID is lesser in smokers. Here's an article from Nature. A number of recent studies have found low percentages of smokers among COVID-19 patients. Yeah, and there's some peer-reviewed, you know, medical studies that show that they've been doing that... The abstract says just that. I was like, this the, is... The smoker's paradox during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is Do you th- hard to fathom. Terry is having a I mean, field day oh, right now. I was going to say. Terry is going telling everybody, I told you these things are better for me. <laughs> he was yeah. saying it all along. Nope, yeah. not going to get sick. Yeah. Nope. No, you can, you can never, pry these darts from Terry's COVID-free hands. Never okay? missed a day of work in my life. Not about to start now. Nope. Nope, I'm going to hold on to these darts and I'll be just fine. The smoke kills the COVID. (laughs) See, at the molecular level, the smoke, it gets into the cell and it kills the COVID. It's the the chemicals in the darts that are fighting against COVID, okay? (laughs) DNS in 20 minutes or less. We took the kids to see Ghostbusters Afterlife on Friday night. Oh, I want to see it so bad. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Bo said it's his new favorite movie. 
He, Amazing. He was like squealing beside me at points. He was so excited. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and that was the most fun part for me was just yeah. sitting next to him and <laughs> watched him like fist pump at parts. That's awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. I mean, the first Ghostbusters movies were a bit before my time. Yeah. Like, I think the too. first one came out in 84 and we were born in the late 80s. So yeah. it wasn't as important to me as it is to people who are a little bit older than us, I think. But... um I mean, I think they did a really good job with it. And, like, seeing all the Alberta filming locations was really cool, too, because it was shot, I think, mostly around Drumheller. Yeah. That's and always the most fun. When you can see places you recognize in a film, it's always, I don't know why, yeah. it's thrilling. It You're is like, thrilling. I know where that is. It also, like, kind of takes you out of the moment a, a bit, bit yeah. because it's like, it, the areas are standing in for Oklahoma, but I'm like, that's Drumheller. Yeah. You know, and there's, like, True. the way that we take to go to Saskatchewan, you cross this, like, old wooden-decked bridge this yellow bridge, and that bridge features very prominently in the movie. It shows up like six times or so. Wow. Which was really cool. Yeah. Um, The showing was a bit too late for Brigham. It started at 7.15. He fell asleep during it. Oh. And then... uh, That's that's past my bedtime. Yeah, during the week. Not to mention Brigham's, yeah. But at one part, like, because Brigham is, he's four and a half, and then like, there was a scary part, and he he leaned over to me and he said, I hope I don't have bad dreams. (laughs) Like... Like oh, preemptively, he's like, yeah, yep. I hope I don't have bad dreams. And then just of out. <laughs> yeah, and then he fell asleep, so. Night-night. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So there's one thing that I've learned as I've been watching the Olympics over the last few days, and it's that I've been pronouncing Beijing wrong my whole life. Was that the right way that you just said it there? Beijing is how it's pronounced. Oh, it's the hard ja sound. The hey? hard ja, not the Beijing which is how I've said it yeah, my entire life. Yeah. And uh, that is one thing that I've realized recently. In fact, I had to look it up because, you know, sometimes I think maybe the odd reporter might just put their own little stank on a word just to sound a little different. So I was like, is that what's happening here? Have we just decided to switch it up? Uh, nope, it is definitely Beijing. And there's actually been a lot of articles written about it now. People being like, yeah, we're all kind of just discovering that we've been saying this wrong. Oh, Mm-hmm. So I haven't noticed. Is that how they're saying it on the broadcast? Beijing, yeah. Because I think like the media partners get a pretty comprehensive pronunciation guide. Yeah. Just so they're not butchering athletes' names, because there's a lot of names that we would be unfamiliar with. Absolutely, right? yeah. And I'm sure the proper pronunciation of, and I'm going to say it wrong now, Beijing is on there. Beijing. Beijing. I don't yep. like that. That doesn't Beijing. feel right coming out. It's funny because no. you as a Sasky, I was like, I thought maybe you'd be saying it right the whole way through because really, it's almost like a French stank that we've put on it with the zh sign instead of the hard jing, yeah. right? And that's what we've done. And I mean, teachers have taught me that all through school. I have been learning the wrong way forever. And there's also articles talking about how that has been the case. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we've kind of just in North America championed this wrong way of saying Beijing until just now. When we've decided that we're going to say it the correct way because, I don't know, the Olympics are there and I guess people... Yeah, you'd expect like small town Terry to be the one saying... Yeah. Over there in Beijing. Yes, right? right? Because it's more phonetic looking. Yeah. No, actually, Terry Terry was right. So it's a bit upsetting. It's crazy to think, though, that like for my entire life we've been saying it wrong, and, and most of us have, and we're just realizing this right now. And I'm going to have a hard time making that correction. I am, too. I know, and that's kind of what we do, I think, because we're like, oh, that sounds weird. We're just going to stick with the wrong way then, but it's so weird. Like, I was thinking, to be fair, we even mispronounce places in our own country, right? Like, mm-hmm. when I grew up, I learned to say Saskatchewan with a long wan sound at the end. Yeah. And then I moved out there, and people were like, you're saying the the province wrong. It's Saskatchewan. It's kind of like a quicker ending. I was like, oh. 
That's one of those things that we're like, is there a right way or wrong way, or is that just a local preference of how mm, to say it? Maybe. What about Calgary? Yeah. Because here people will be like, no, that's not how you say it. But you're right. Is that just us going, nope, no, we don't like that? What's the original Scottish pronunciation? Good question. But I mean, we have the local preference. Yeah. Right? There's also something weird going on. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people are saying Canada in a way that I haven't heard that often before. Canada. That's how, the pro- of, that's how Justin Trudeau says it. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say it more and more now that way. Maybe it's him that's, you know, people are following the lead of. How do you say it? Canada. Canada. I've heard you say Canada before. And I, yeah, I punch that sometimes. It's just like a bad habit. But I say Canada, yeah, and then Canada. the Prime Minister says, Canada. Canada. The Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah, there were some reporters that, that were like, saying Canada that way uh, on the weekend, too, and I was like... That's like that... Uh, that Laurentian elite pronunciation, hey? Yeah, I was just... I was, school down east, I say, Canada. Our our country is so damn big that we can't even communicate well <laughs> enough to know how to pronounce our own country. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. The girls that McKenna works out with told her that she has a runner's bum. Oh. Do you know what runner's bum is, Shana? I don't. What does that mean? I had never heard that term either. Apparently, it means it's kind of flat. Well, that's not... Why... <laughs> Why would they say that to her? <laughs> I think they're just kind of like hanging out, joking around, riffing on each other. and oh. Runners bum. Because like distance runners, they don't have huge chugs, right? Because right. they don't they don't have much body fat in general. No, they just got the baby chomp bumpers because they yeah have to run That's long right. distances. Makes sense. Sprinters have big poopers. Hurdlers yeah. have big poopers. Yeah. So they need that power. Mm-hmm. Not distance runners, though, hence no. the term. Runner's bum, which oh, I hadn't heard. Oh, jeez. I know. McKenna was a little bit hurt by it because she's like... I was going to say it. I thought she'd be working on her. She's been training for She's been doing fuff day every second day trying to grow this thing, right? Trying to get that big old pound cake going. And I guess it's not quite there yet, at least according to these women. So. She's been working hard in the taco kitchen and it's not been... <laughs> not proven to work yet. Back there. That's... Sad. It's pretty funny. I mean, I think she has a nice, a nice doof on her. Like, oh. it's... Good. I mean, yeah. It's not it's not colossal like some of the ones you see around here, but some of them are getting kind of ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Some of the poopers, man. Like, like sometimes they need their own wagons. Like you're <laughs> like, how do you even hold that thing up back there? Some some girls aren't even walking properly no. anymore. Like it it looks like it looks like their their poopers are following them around. Like yes. Like it's following its owner around. It looks like a caboose is actually yeah. attached to the back of you. It's you a know, big old janitor's closet back there. Like those old <laughs> like horse costumes, you know, that were the two people who. Would, it's like there's a second person behind there just holding up your, holding up the. Is that all you? Oh my god! The horse costume is a great example. That is what it looks like. I'm sorry, but sometimes it does. You're like, well, it's who's the little person too. holding up the back end there? It's intentional. I know. Small body, huge old doofenshmirtz on you. Yeah, that is weird. But and you know the other thing, I, I think part of it is just genetic. I think part of it is where. Well, we've talked you know, about this before. I certainly have a very, very flat. I've got runner's bum. I do. You got a tall ass, right? I got a long. I got a long one. Yeah, I got a long crack. Long which tall is Sally weird over here. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like a subway bun just wedged in the middle. I could hide back there. It's just yeah. Anyway, Parmesan sorry. Oregano. We're not talking. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about me and my my old vinegar buns. Okay. A long focaccia. Okay. Would you like some more bread for the table? That's. <laughs> We, like some more of those Olive Garden breadsticks, please. <laughs> Actually, I can just pull. I've got my own. Thank you. The thing is, like, the huge poop might not be big forever. These things tend to come and go. It's true. When when we were young, yeah, it wasn't desirable to have a giant, giant tickle trunk on you there, right? Like, 
one day it might come back around and we might be saying, like, get a load of the Ikea flat pack on her. It's true. Look at the great ironing board on her, right? <laughs> She's got a great prairie pooper. You can see your dog run away for miles on that thing. DNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw a pun business name on the weekend that I thought was quite stellar. Wanted to pass it along to you, back. Please do for the Fortune 500 list of local businesses. Yes. So it was a mobile hair salon, and on the side of the vehicle, it said, Clippity Doodah. Not bad. Now, of course, not that's a play on Zippity Doodah. And I know you said you're not a Disney kid, but are you familiar with Zippity Doodah, that, that song? I am, okay. because uh, I think we sang it in, like, grade one music class. That's why you know it. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I was, like, I was trying to look up what it's from. And if you don't know it, it sounds like this. Zippity Doodah, Zippity A. So it goes on like that, and it's just this thing. And I guess Disney used it in a lot of different promos, and it was part of like the Wonderful World of Disney, which was a program that was on TV for a while. Sunday and, nights, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, but I couldn't place it. I was like, I know that song super well, and I was like, I don't actually know why. I could probably sing the entire thing for you, even though I haven't heard it since I was in grade one. That's weird, isn't but it? But I'm not going to do that because then my rivals will have that audio. It's so true. I yeah, don't. nobody wants to. Don't give that to your enemies. I'm be honest, don't want to hear it. But <laughs> there you go. And of course, this works on so many levels. When you think about the pun from zippity doo dah to clippity doo dah, yep. because clip, of course, cut and then do, it's a hairdo. Oh, I missed that part of yeah. it. Yeah. It's better than I thought Double it was. Double layer. I know. <laughs> so, wanted to add that one. Two puns for the price of one. Two, Two puns Welcome for one. Welcome to the list, the yeah. Fortune 500. Woo! The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So, we got a few messages that apparently that song is from uh, the 1940s Disney movie Song of the South. Right which uh, is widely regarded as fairly racist these days. Yeah, I got reading into, even earlier I was I was reading about them saying that they thought that song may have originated from another song that was racist back early. In the in, Civil War, I think. During the Civil War. Yeah. And, yeah. Reminds me of the whole turkey and the straw thing. Yeah. Um, and I didn't I didn't know about the movie. No. I didn't know where the song came from. Not a dip, not a big Disney guy. Like Splash Mountain, I guess, is based off that movie. Yes, and I and, I've been on Splash Mountain and I'm wondering if that's part of why I was so familiar. But no, I think it was. It was probably music class because it's so weird. It's I heard it and I'm like, why do I know that? It's weird. But I think also in Disney World and like yeah, a lot of Disney has used that as kind of a Disney theme song. Okay. So, yeah, I was thinking through the lyrics and I was like, I don't think the lyrics are racist. Lot that I can think of, but if I mean, in the context of the movie, like I said, I've never seen it. Neither, I just remember yeah. sitting there in Miss Couture's grade one music class, singing along to it. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> we were singing that. We were singing Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Oh, there's all kinds. Yeah. All these. Well, it's funny because a lot of, you know, nursery rhymes and stuff all have really crazy origins that when you start getting into, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, we learned some some songs that are really dark and others that are racist and Yep. Yep. I know you were talking when you were when I was away. You were talking about the the little piggies. Mm-hmm. This little piggy went to the market. I was explaining to Bo the origin story of Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah, that's a terrifying. Which is one. super dark. Yep. And even like, do you remember the old woman who lived in a shoe? Yes. Remember that nursery rhyme? Mm-hmm. Where she had so many kids and was so poor, and they, she said like the line says she whipped them all soundly and put them to bed. And it's like, why did she have? Why did she have to whip the kids? Even like, why did she have to hit them because they were because the family was poor? That I mean, you could just be poor without hitting them. Yeah, so, but that was again, 
different time. Even Humpty Dumpty, like falling off and they couldn't put them back together. Like all those, when you really start thinking about the lyrics of these, you're like, what? Wasn't the- that about a cannon though? That um, it's, always, it's always depicted as an egg. Right. But yeah. there's no mention of him being an egg anywhere in there. I thought Humpty Dumpty was the name of a cannon. Creative, like, creative liberty made him an egg. Yeah. He's an egg. And we all just think of Humpty Dumpty as an egg. I mean, yeah. a restaurant. And then not Humpty. being able to put him back together again is just kind of depressing when you think about it. So yeah. maybe we shouldn't portray him as an egg, you know? A lot of those came from a different time. Weird. When things were dark. Mm -hmm. Very dark. DNS in 20 minutes or less. You love your car. Bet you'd love lower interest and lower payments, too. Refinance your auto loan with House of Cars. And love the freedom of having more money in your pocket. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So we had three Canadian snowboarders make it to the men's slope style final last night, which was pretty damn cool. Yep. Max Perot. Yep. Mark McMorris and Sebastian Touton. Sebastian Touton, who we got to speak with last week. I think he was driving around in his car <laughs> in his hometown of Montreal. You were, of course, the winner of the 2018 Olympics. Do you find that being the, the number one snowboarder in the world for big air, does that put additional pressure on you? Not more. I mean, I, I always try to put some pressure on myself at every contest that I do just because I want to do well. And obviously, I'm, I'm I'm trying to win every contest that I enter. But I think it's nice to uh, be able to battle, you know, uh, try to get that, that gold medal again in Big Air. And I don't think it adds pressure to it. I think it's just going to make this Olympic even more special. I, I was looking at the Big Air venue in Beijing. Is the show gang Big Air? I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. But it looks sick. It looks like a crazy place to ride. Yeah. We're used to go to Beijing and ride like scaffolding big air in the bird nest. But now having like a structure that is actually like not a scaffolding, but fully like concrete that is massive. It's super wide too. So just better speed, better snow condition, even better for us. What do you listen to while you're training? Do you have music on in your headphones? I actually like don't listen to music when I'm riding just because... When I listen to music, I feel like I'm losing some sense of my riding. I like to hear my board and stuff. But I like to listen to music in between runs or in the chair or stuff like that. So it's definitely like that's what motivates me uh, and gets fired up. But yeah, most of the time I listen to like hip-hop music or sometimes some old-school rock song, depending on what I'm doing. You know, if I'm training and it's really intense, I like to have like more fast music that gets me pumped. But most of the time I'm more like a hip-hop kind of Kind of give, give me one song that you listened to fairly recently to try and pump you up. I'm a huge fan of Drake, obviously, from Canada, and he, <laughs> he's been putting some, some really sick songs for so many years. But big fan of Post Malone as well. I try to like refresh my uh, my playlist like <laughs> uh, every couple weeks just so it's fresh. But um, anything with a good beat, you know, gets me fired up. I've heard of athletes uh, in China being instructed to be very careful with what they say and to leave their personal cell phones at home and to even, you know, not criticize the country while even while they're in their rooms and stuff. Have you heard anything like that yet? Yeah, for sure. On the news, they're talking about like a bunch of stuff. I mean, as an athlete, I think I'm trying to focus on what I'm trying to do. And uh, anything that I can really control is my riding. So I'm I'm putting all my effort and and focus on on my riding. And I mean, if I have any comment or something like I'm definitely the type of person that normally like just try to say what I want to say but it's it's a tricky situation I guess and I just try to focus on what I'm trying to accomplish on my board. How do you prepare when it comes to the Olympics? Because I know that sometimes when you get to different events and stuff there's somebody who 
is trying a new trick for the first time. Do you ever try and keep close to the pulse of what other riders are doing to make sure that you're, you know, at the same level or do you not focus on that? I mean, for sure, like, you got to be updated on, like, what people are actually doing. I mean, like, not only in the contest, but in the filming world, too. That's why, like, I watch a lot of snowboard videos and obviously I know all the riders that are competing. So it's nice to be, like, uh, on top of your game, but knowing what people are doing, it's really important too. But knowing what you're, you're trying to accomplish is the main goal, you know, like setting like new tricks or new ideas that you want to accomplish every year. That's kind of like my own way of keeping my motivation up and wanting to move forward. And at the end of the day, you know, once you show up to a contest and you end up like looking too much of what people are doing, sometimes it could distract you of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like, it's good when you're like on the off season or you're not competing to like kind of look out for what people are doing. But when I compete, I just try to think about the best run that I can actually do and focus on that. Is there a potential for us to see a new trick? Yeah, for sure. I think like big tricks are definitely going to be there. I mean, like uh, it's hard to sh show up with a trick that's never been done before, but definitely like a lot of newer variation and everyone's going to try to win. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see what people are going to do and uh, what I'm going to be able to put down. Well, we'll be watching and cheering for you, Sebastian, and we appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Recently on the show, we coined this new term, retail rock. Retail rock. It's a new genre of music. It's songs that you are most likely to hear in a grocery store these days. Yes. And this thing has kind of taken on a life of its own, Shauna. Like, I'm getting so many messages with suggestions for retail rock songs. Oh, yeah. Is this real t retail rock, isn't it? Even again on the weekend, my friends wanted to discuss the definition and the parameters <laughs> and what was and what wasn't. Right. So i got a few more to play for you here. Okay. You can help me decide if these are retail rock or not. Um, Victoria, who works upstairs with us, she sent me the Shoppers Drug Mart playlist on Spotify, and it opens... With two songs by Amanda Marshall. Oh, yeah. So that's strong. Yep. You're in a shopper's drug mart right now, aren't you? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amanda Marshall is, she is great retail rock. Canadian retail rock royalty. Absolutely. I would say. Yep. Uh, this one's from Jen. Yep. One of the uh, Hallmark, there are many, many one-hit wonders yes. in the retail rock genre, and Deep Blue Something, I would say, is a one-hit wonder. I would say so, definitely. This yeah. one's from friend of the show, Jordy. Oh, yeah. Fastball? Yep. Retail rock? Another one-hit wonder, essentially. Yeah, that's retail rock retail for rock. sure. Yeah. And this is my own uh, suggestion, but I th someone mentioned this band on Twitter the other day, and I was like, oh, they got some retail rock. Oh, yeah. Poopa stank? Yep. Definitely. Stanking up the aisles of your local drugstore or, oh, yeah. or grocery store? Oh. Retail rock. My God. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw this tweet about landlines on the weekend, and then I got thinking about that. Like, do you remember when you used to wait until after 7 p.m. to call long distance because you didn't have a good long distance plan? I remember hearing about it. I mean, I was never allowed to call long distance. Fair. But I do remember my parents yes. saying, wait till after 7. Yeah, my, my mom, I remember her waiting to call her sisters because their long distance plan was expensive. And she was like, no, no, I'll wait till after 7 because then it's cheaper. Like, yeah. That seems like ages ago. Do you remember being able to dial zero 
and getting yes. an operator. I don't remember ever using it. Me neither, but I remember that being an available option. I feel like maybe I did at one point too. Like I vaguely remember that, but also I was like, holy crap, that was long ago. You can't do that anymore. I was also reading, and this is before our time, but did you know you used to be able to break into a call? No. So I guess if you tried calling somebody and the line was busy way back when and there was an actual operator, the operator could break into the call if you had something really urgent to say. So if you phone and... No, I'd never heard of that. I, yeah. I remember three-way calling. Yeah, me too, but I'd never heard of this before. And this was, again, before our time. I think it was the late 70s, maybe, early 80s when that was the thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, the operator would break into your call and interrupt you and be like, hey, you're daughter has an urgent message for you or something and let you know about that. So you'd be just chatting away in the opera. Hey, hey, ladies, stop bitching. I got something to say. I don't, I don't remember that one. No, I, uh, no, I don't weird. either. I was reading about it and was like, that was a thing. That'd be weird if you're having a conversation all of a sudden there's someone else on the I line know. as the operator. I do remember when we got our first caller ID box that attached to the top of the phone. I remember that too. And that too. blew me away. That was crazy. Because prior to that, you were just going in blind. Like, What about when call waiting first became a thing? Like where you could actually then get the other call rather than it just being busy. I remember my sister getting that on her line so that she could then answer other calls and it wouldn't be busy. She had her own line, hey? She had her own line. Fancy, fancy. Oh, yeah. My parents gave it. She spent hours on the phone and all of a sudden, again, because we all need to at some point use the phone back then, we got her own line because then we could have our own. It's crazy. Then there was a party line, which again was before my time, but that was when you'd share a line with other people. Okay, like other and people... Like around the area. So you could pick oh. up the phone potentially and have two other people, like your neighbors on the phone, and you'd have to hang back up and wait for them to be... Like, well, I didn't think is... we had that here. I've heard of that in like the developing world, where yeah. like the phone is at one person's house and you have to go there to use it. But... No, apparently that was a thing here in the early days of the landline as well. I was like... Another Ow. one, I remember that my, my, my dad coached our hockey team one year, mm-hmm. and he had this like voicemail box that he could deposit a message in and then all the other parents would call that number to find out like when practice times were and stuff because he oh wow rather than calling each person individually right this was like you could just check the, the message free email too box. so Holy. man phones have come a long way now hey this all sounds so ancient now i'm like we <laughs> sound anyone so old listening there's like what are you talking about they they no they stopped at landline <laughs> what vns in 20 minutes or less there was an article in curiosity last week with a headline that i almost couldn't believe shauna oh vancouver has actually seen more snow than calgary so far this winter oh my and it appears to be true And not just by a little bit either. Like, if you go from the start of December, December 1st, to when this article was published, January Mm -hmm. 27th, Vancouver had 51 centimeters of snow, Mm -hmm. while Calgary had 28. Mm. Wow. Now, I mean, the article is 11 days old, but it's not like we've been dumped on in the last 11 days that would make up that gap. So, are are we the soft ones now? No. No? Because you have to to remember that it snows when it's milder out. We've still had colder temperatures, and that's really the big thing, right? We it's haven't just, had much this year, though. Shh. We're still having, overall, if you look at the temperature variance between us and Vancouver, we're still winning in terms of coldness. Okay. So, I mean, yes, they've had extra snow, but again, mm-hmm. it's because it's been soft and mild there, so they've gotten lots of pretty fluffy flakes, whereas for us, we did go through a stretch of three weeks of awful Awful weather, so... We did, but that was about it. The rest of the winter has been beautiful. There's barely any snow on the ground right now. I know. Well, I think I was told, telling you when I 
flew in the other day. Yeah. All of Alberta. Like you, you, you literally cross the barrier and the whole province of Alberta has no snow right now. It's the strangest thing. It's very odd. It's very weird. I mean, you string together a few winters like this in a row. And I'd be worried about the kids becoming soft. Yeah, I know. I would. I know we, I mean, we're on the trajectory to be a little softer. We are. Sure. And I don't know how I feel. I, we I'm, need to be I'm, careful. I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable with Moving, that. Let's for, drop it. Hey, uh, just calling to remind Shauna and Beckler that softness isn't due to the weather. It's it's part of people complaining and how they react to the weather. Thank you. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was chatting with my friend Boobs yesterday. How's Boobs doing? Boobs is doing really well. We, we chatted... About all kinds. Of, they had a great catch up, actually. We haven't heard from boobs in a while. No, so good no. To hear she's doing well. Yeah, we uh, weirdly got chatting about kids and that kind of thing. Those boobs now has boobs junior. Mm-hmm. She has a kid, and we got chatting about me and the potential of having kids. And she was like, you know, you should probably freeze some eggs. And it's funny because when she said that, I was like, I've I've never really considered that before. But now that I think about it, I have a couple of friends who've done that because now I'm 33, so mm-hmm. I've got a couple of years to figure out if I want kids or not. But she was like, just in case, why wouldn't you? And then at least you have it if you do decide in a year or two you want them. And I was like... Is it expensive? Uh, well, that's what I looked into. It is fairly expensive. It's about 5200 bucks from what I saw. I'm sure there's a bunch of variants and I don't remember if that was US or not, but about 5000 bucks, and then it seems like you then have to pay a storage fee every year as well. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's like some fancy storage, you probably just can't chuck it in the deep freeze, hey? Well, that's what Next I was... Next your elk meat. When I heard the whole thing, I was actually wondering that. I was like, well, could I just throw it my own freezer for later times? Probably not, hey? Like, can't just toss them in there. What's that? Oh, they're my eggs. Watch out. Yeah, got a big pot of soup in there. Yeah. Made a bunch of soup. Yeah, go get the stew. Some... Don't take the eggs, all right? It's <laughs> <Definitely>. next... <laughs> Next to the old Welk meet the Terry Cot. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird yeah. thing to think about. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that's an interesting concept. I'd never really thought about doing that. But I wonder if, you know, now that people tend to be having kids a little bit later, if that's happening more and more. Keeps your options open. Yeah. I have a friend who she's 38 or 39 and she has some eggs frozen in case she decides she wants kids. I'm like, how long do they last also? Is it indefinite? I didn't look at that either. It's a good have question. A, you have a time frame still where after that it's like, no, no, now they're just freeze burnt, so you're good. Like Depends if you're on the Walt Disney program, maybe. Yeah. Like it's Drew. Does he have a real <laughs> He's cryogenically frozen, right? Does he, he have got a yeah. real good freezer? Can I toss I my eggs in with, <laughs> right with Walt, Walt Disney? Whole Walt there. You've been listening to the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. For House of Cars. Until January 15th, enter to have House of Cars wipe out your debt for free. No strings attached. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.